0: We're still in this collection. We're going to be in it until you stop coming to church, I think. Until you give up on me. We're in this collection called Here for This, saying to God, we are here for whatever you want, not our way, but yours. I think it's just a message to God's body in his local church to remind us that we have preferences, but he has purpose. And you can have whichever one you want, but a lot of times you can't have both. You can have what you think is good, but you can't have God's purpose at the same time. Because sometimes it's a left turn or a right turn. And that's the tricky spot is we can, we can feel like for a little moment we can have both. This is working out. I can have my sin and my Jesus. I can have my own freedom to choose whatever I want and God's favor. But that's not how it is. That's not how it is. It says in God's word that sin is fun for a moment. There was only got one amen for that. But all of you know that it's true. Pastor Abdiel, the only honest one in the room. Sin is fun for a moment. Just a little bit. But it will not lead you where you want to go. It will not lead you where you want to go. I want you to open up your Bibles to Exodus chapter 14. We're looking at the life of Moses, and so far Moses had led has led God's people out of captivity in Egypt and in chapter 13 it shows that at night and at day a pillar of fire and a cloud is leading God's people where they need to be they've come out of captivity they don't even know where they're going God will bring you out of something and you're like okay God I'm out now where and it's not our decision to just start going in one direction or the other God will show us exactly where we need to go He's using, in this scenario, a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day so that they would follow those things and they would know exactly where to go. As he's leading them exactly where to go, they're all together, right? That way, if one person thought the cloud was looking good over here and wanted to follow that cloud, there was a lot of other people to help them know, no, no, we're going this way. That's why you don't want to do life alone. That's why it's important to be in the body. That's why it's important to have community. We had an awesome night building community Friday night with Authentic Español. Come on, baby. How do you say hallelujah in Spanish? I think you say hallelujah, right? Is that it? Is that it? Yeah, it's close. See? Just throw throw a little little sauce on it. It's really the same thing, you know? (laughs) Had an incredible night. The The whole purpose is not to have incredible nights. You know that. It's the same when we were starting Authentic. The purpose is not to have incredible nights. The purpose is to see lives changed. And to have lives changed for real, it can't just be incredible mornings and incredible nights. It has to be community coming around and helping pull one another up when we're down and bring one another along and say, Remember, this is the pillar that we're following. We're going after the Holy Spirit. We're not going after anything else. Come on, come with me. I'm helping you. And then when we're down, they're pulling us too. So if you've been coming, if you've been here and you haven't jumped into here, this is a great day because today we're having Discover Authentic right after this. It's an awesome opportunity to jump in. We're having our, our, what is it, third growth track that we're having afterwards. It's a great time to jump into growth track if you've been to Discover Authentic, but it's it's a time to stop saying I'm around, but I'm in. Or at least I'll find out what it's like to be in. It would be like if all these people came out of Egypt and they're set free out of captivity and they all just decide they're going to go their own way. No, God was leading in a direction. It was important that they were together going in that direction. Ask more questions about that later. It's happening today. One of the classes is just about 15 minutes. The growth track has a meal with it and all that. It's a super fun time. But that's what we do with a lot of times in life is, I'll say it this way. Don't be the people in life that a lot of times when it comes to the things of God, they're always wanting to stand on the edge. But when it comes to the things of the world, they're two feet jumping in. Like, oh, man, we're going to party. Let's jump into that. Let's go for it. Oh, man, just a 15-minute discover authentic. Oof, man, like, it's a lot of commitment. It's like, all right. I mean, maybe if that's how you see it, you know. <laughs> it's literally the opposite of that, but whatever you need to do. God's moving. He's at work. God's leading by a pillar and a fire. Chapter 13. Chapter 14 starts off like this in verse 1. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, don't you love when God speaks to you? Then the Lord said to Moses, tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of this place and this other place. And this other place and this other place. place." You get it? (laughs) You shall encamp facing it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say to, to the people of Israel, will say of the people of Israel, they've wandered in the land and the wilderness has shut them in. Here's what he's saying, what I need you to do is you're going this direction, I'm about to lead you to go backwards, the other direction, and then Pharaoh, who's kind of watching you guys from a long ways off, is going to think you got lost, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart, read it, it's right here in the word, and, and he will pursue you, and I will get the glory, that's God talking, I'll get the glory over Pharaoh and his host. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And then it says, and they did so. God's telling them that he's about to send their enemies after them. And he's telling them to turn around back and go closer. Sometimes God's ways out starts with going back. No, God, this is the way. Yeah. I just need you to I need you to take one more day and 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 step take a step back. Take a step back. Sometimes God's way that He's leading you makes less sense than your rational thoughts or business plan. The plan wasn't go back for a nap. It wasn't, man, the journey's been hard, we're taking a rest. The journey was, be obedient and follow where God leads, And God said, "I need you to travel back where you've already been." It wasn't rest, it was work. I need you to travel back where you've already been. I need you to stay there so they'll see that you're there, so we'll lure them in. Maybe more of life is setting up the enemy to fail and remind that God gets the glory, but we get it twisted. And always think that we're losing. God just set these people free. They're free. They're out on the journey. And He made him a promise, way back when Genesis 28:15, "Behold, I am with you. Is God with you, anybody? And will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. That's before this moment. That's the, that's the OG promise on what's about to happen right now. Then he promises them again. We've been talking about it for weeks. God promises his people, I'm bringing you out of captivity from Egypt. I'm bringing you to a land. It's sticky and it's flowing with milk and honey. and You're going to love it. Whole milk, 2% milk, all the milk. Skim, whatever kind you like, it's going to be there. All the honey. You got to get the local honey. get the honey from somewhere else. You need the local honey because it's with local bees. I'm serious. It helps you out. It's what you need. God made them a promise, and here's the thing. That promise held the same value as the promise that he makes you. Isaiah 54, 17. I'm going to read it in the King James. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue, how many? That shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. Not by giving a jab back or some tweet on social media. By how you live and who you are and God get in the glory. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me says who? God. Oh, that's just Old Testament. Oh yeah. 2nd Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 3. But the Lord is faithful, did you know that? Who shall establish you and keep you from evil? 2nd Timothy chapter 4, I could go all day. Verse 18. I got 70 of them right here. You want to read all 70? I'll read all 70. And the Lord Lord shall deliver me. Who's that? Is that you? And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and preserve me. Did you know you're being preserved? That's why you're so good looking. People are like, you're looking better and better every day. You're like, fine, what? That's because the Lord is preserving me. Praise God. Can I get a Spanish hallelujah? (laughs) Preserve me. Into his heavenly kingdom. All the way till you get there. I don't know when it might be. Might be when you leave. Might be 45 years from now. Might be 100 years from now. All the way till you get to his heavenly kingdom. He's preserving you. For who? To him be the glory forever. It's to his glory that he preserves you and keeps you from every form of evil. But as soon as one little bad thing happens, we start panicking. And I'm setting this up because you know what God's people about to do. As soon as the enemies start coming after them, they're going to start worrying. As soon as evil begins to creep at our door, we start panicking like we don't know what's going to happen. It ought not be the case. It ought not be the case for God's people. God will make a way for his promise to come. And what I hope that you know is that you have the right promise. You have the right promise. Like what God spoke to you, that's what, it's in his word, that's it. We don't have to second guess and wonder, is it something else? Is it going to work out? What's going to happen? What's going to happen is what God said is going to happen. So Pharaoh gathers up all of his troops, and he goes after God's people to take them back. I changed my mind. I don't set you free. I want you back. You ever had a boyfriend or girlfriend try to take you back? And you're like, nah, I'm all right. (laughs) Felt good though, but I'm okay. (laughs) You just want me because I'm gone. (laughs) Verse 10, chapter 14, in the word of God. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. God already said what was going to happen. He already said, in this world, there are many troubles, but do not fear, for I have overcome the world. That's a promise to you. Did you know that? They lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly, and they feared greatly. What? No, God told them, go back a day's journey and camp a little closer so they'll see you and they'll try to come get you and I'll show how victorious I really am. But now they scurred. (laughs) And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, this is one of my favorite little spots about the people of God following Moses. They said to Moses, is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you've taken us out here to die? Like They're right to it. Not are we going to get beat up. Not are we going back to be slaves again. They're just so sarcastic and so over it, even in the moment. They've only been out for just a few days. That their first accusation to Moses, who brought them out, who did the impossible, right? The dude said he couldn't even talk And somehow he got the people out, and he stutters. All he did was have a stick. He showed up with a stick, and he freed so many people. I said the other day, a million people. There is some speculation on the number, but I just kind of flippantly said that. I think I should, like, repair. Not because anyone said anything, because you didn't, you're polite, and I love you. But some of you in the room are probably thinking, no, no, it's like two million people. And yeah, I'm like, it's like two million people. Some people would even go up to like four million people. So let's just go ahead and say millions of people. The guy with the stick that can't talk got millions of people out of captivity and on the way out robbed the people, so to speak, that were holding them in captivity. And now there's 600 chariots coming after them, and they're scared. And they say, you brought us out here to die. It's because there was no graves. There weren't graves good enough. The ground was softer here, God. And so you wanted me to bring me here so you could bury me here. Must not have been good ground over there. You just just brought me here to die. You promoted me, but now you just gave me all this stress. I don't even know what to do. They said, what have you done? That's what they said. Didn't we not tell you, I'm on verse 12, did we not tell you, leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than die in the wilderness. Our lack of faith compromises God's promises. Their lack of faith is compromising the promise of God. 600 chariots are coming after them. They have a fighting army of 600,000 men. There are 600,000 men, the word of God says, that are in military fighting age that are there among them. Not to mention there's millions of them. There's 600,000 military men and they're concerned about 600 chariots coming after them. Not to mention God's on their side and already said he would do it. Not to mention, like I said, on the way out, the women of God robbed the other women. said, give me that gold you got. And the Rolex too, hand it over. <laughs> that gold chain, put it on my baby. <laughs> we out of here. <laughs> so God tells Moses, stretch out your arm. Over the sea that you're in front of. Because you got nowhere to go. Because I told you to camp here and I knew where you were going to camp. I knew you would have nowhere to go. I positioned you in the corner. So that when the enemy would come. You had nowhere to run. Because then you'd try to run. And you'd never know how good I really am. So stretch out your arm over the sea. And raise up your staff. And I will part the sea. And you will walk across it. Moses is like. This is bigger than when you turn the stick into a snake. I'm not even going to tell anyone what I'm about to do. I'm just going to do it. Because if I tell them, they're never going to believe me. So Mo- then Moses, verse 21 stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind all night. All night. When you watch the movie, it happened in like nine seconds. In the word of God, it took all night. Not because it needed to take all night. It just took all night. Okay? I just need you to know that. Wind moved what was a body of water up and dried the ground. The waters were divided, verse 22. And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground. And the waters were a wall to them on the right and on the left. And most scholars would say for several hours, this group of millions walked across what used to be the seabed, what now is dry ground. What was the obstacle in front of them as they were standing there thinking, the enemy's coming towards us, the sea is behind us, we can't go through this, what they couldn't go through now becomes a wall to protect them on the right and on the left. Do you see that? See, what you were looking at that you thought you couldn't get across and God couldn't make a way, not only did he make a way and the way was good and it was dry and it was right, but where there wasn't a way, he used that same thing to be a wall to protect you on the right and on the left. They're looking, it's impossible. And then all of a sudden impossibility becomes protection. What couldn't happen is now happening. And while this is happening, while he's parting all night, the sea is coming up, the wind is blowing it to the right and to the left, and the ground is becoming dry for the people. It would take more than a night for the ground to be dry, the bottom of the sea. While that's happening all night, The cloud that God was using to guide the people of God and the pillar of fire that he was using to guide the people of God is blocking the way for the Egyptians to come and attack. It's stopping them. It's not like they couldn't get there in time. It's stopping them from coming. Here's what I need to know is you're looking in your life thinking, God, how are you going to make a way? And God is ready to part the sea in your life and at the same time stop whoever's coming against you so you can get across on dry ground. And seven of you receive it, and you'll be blessed. Praise God. They were near, but they couldn't get him. Stretched out his hand. Verse 26. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, and upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning had appeared. And the Egyptians fled into it, and the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. And the water returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen. I'm in verse 28, of the host of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea, and none of them remained. But the people of God walked across on dry ground through the sea, the waters being a wall to them on the right and the left, as it already said. If you know the story, you know what I'm sharing. If you're hearing it for the first time, you're thinking, what in the world is this? This is the most incredible thing I've ever heard in my life. It's true. That there was a sea blocking, that God parted it. His people walked across on dry ground. As the pillar and the cloud was stopping them from from the enemies from coming, the pillar and the cloud goes away. The Egyptians run into the sea after them to get after them. As they're in the midst of the sea, as all of them are in... Crossing, the waters come back. The same thing that was a path for you is destruction for somebody else. That's why you might be looking at it as destructive. That's why faith can be so scary. Because without faith, it actually can be destructive. And he crushes God, crushes the enemy that was coming after them and folds them into the sea, and not one of them remains. But it reminds us again that his people walked across on dry ground. Come on, baby. Won't he do it? Won't he? My God makes a way. He will make a way. So, whatever you're looking at, here's the great news. You can wake up every morning and say, God's gonna make a way. How? I don't know how. When? I don't know when. I don't know if it's gonna happen overnight. I don't know if it's going to happen in the day. I don't know if it's going to take a few weeks. I don't know if it's going to take a few seconds. But here's what I do know. For sure, I have been promised that I know this. God will make a way. That's what I know. This is why. This is why he showed us. This is why he's doing this. What was the whole purpose? What did he say at the very beginning? He said, go back a day. Look like you're going backwards in life so you can go forwards in life. So that everyone will know, I get the glory. That's what God is saying. So the people, the thousands of people get across. The attackers are lost in the sea. Safety is clear. They're all thinking, ain't nobody coming after us now. Pharaoh and his armies are gone So they do probably what a lot of us would have done. They praise God. It says in Exodus chapter 15 that they write a song of praise to God. For he has delivered. Have you ever been delivered before that God made a way and it's like, I got to give him praise because he has done something so good. Okay, so they they make a song of praise to God. It says, this is what it says. I'll read you some little snapshots, you can go to Exodus 15, you can memorize the whole thing if you want, but I'll read some snapshots. The Lord is my strength and my song. He's become my salvation. This is God, this is God. I can imagine them, there's like so many of them around, they're like, this is God, this is God. And the next guy's like, I will praise, you know. <laughs> Pharaoh's chariots, this is verse four, and his hosts are cast into the sea. His chosen officers sunk in the Red Sea, I don't know how that's going to like fit into the bars of the song, but they were just feeling it. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you just get in that creative mode and you start, you know, stuff's not making sense, but it's giving glory to God. You know what I'm saying? You blew your wind. You covered the sea. You, they, they sank into the mighty waters. Verse 16, they're getting, they're getting pretty excited. The, the terror and the dread fell upon them because of your greatness of your arm. There is still as a stone at the bottom of the water. But your people passed by. The people you purchased with a price. Your people, you'll bring them and plant them on your own mountain. The place, O Lord, which you have made for them. Sanctuary, O Lord, which you have established. You, the Lord, reign forever and ever. Beautiful little song. Beautiful little spot. And here's what I know that when God does something great we should praise him. But here's the other thing that I know. That it was the right song on the wrong side. Let me tell you what I mean. That the song was right on, man. This was the song the song was that the Lord has a mighty right arm; that He will crush you if you come after His people. That don't you dare, enemy, lay a hand on my family, because I will be—I will not be sick, and I will not be crushed down, and I will not be let go. I will continue to thrive, and I will be in the Word of God, and I will be—I will be set up on wings of eagle, on wings of eagles. That I will not grow weary. That even the youths grow weary, but the people of God will not stumble. That even if lions are around—that's one of my favorite proverbs, chapter 34. That even if lions are around and they're going hungry, you ever seen a hungry lion? No. Even if lions are around, they're going hungry. The people of God shall not want. They shall have every good thing. It's a praise of God and they should do it. But they did it on the wrong side. They did it on the side after the miracle. They're across now. They're safe now. It's good now. It's all clear. Let's go. Let's go to the promised land. But they couldn't do it on the side when danger was near. The timing of your praise demonstrates the maturity of your faith. Because everybody is praising when there's no danger. Everybody is praising that loves God when we're in the room and Pastor Larry up here jamming on it, you know. <laughs> it's, it's good praise. It's not, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's right. But mature people praise on the other side. They praise when God says, go back one day and camp a little closer to the enemy. Lure them in. They're going to come and get you. I'm going to harden their heart. It's going to be tough. You're going to be a little scared. But you know what's going to happen? You're going to come across on dry ground because I'm making a way. I am the God, and I will make a way. And what I need you to do is I need you to praise me before I make a way. Before the sea opens up and you're walking across on dry ground, I need to know, can you give me praise? Before you're leading your family out of captivity, I need to know, can you give me praise? Before it's all looking good and it's safe and it's fine, can you give me praise? When you're broke, when you're hurt, when you're sick, when you're lonely, can you give me some praise then? Or can you only do it when it's all good? It was good praise in the wrong place. Let that not be us. The the hope of knowing the stories that have come before us is that we would learn and our faith would mature. That we wouldn't make some of the same mistakes that have been made before. That how we praise and when we praise God would show and would grow the maturity of our faith. Because it's harder to praise when it looks like you're about to get crushed. It's harder to praise when you're getting crushed. It's even more difficult to praise when you've been completely crushed. But maturity says, we praise anyways. Maturity says, Before we get our families across to the other side, before we see the miracle, before we move into the new house, before God's mighty hand touches us and brings deliverance, that we will praise because He has made a way. And you know what? My praise doesn't have to look like your praise. My dance doesn't have to be your dance. My hand raise doesn't have to be your hand raise. My shout doesn't have to be your shout. Your praise is your praise. But will you? I'm okay that it doesn't look all the same. It's not supposed to look all the same. Have you looked around? There's not two people in here that look the same. Even twins don't look the same. God is so good and makes everything so unique. There's no one in this room as good looking as you are. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) There's a few single people in the room that paid me to say that. (laughs) Because of who they're sitting next to that, you know they wanted to. When When you're in the dating phase, you gotta have best foot forward. I don't care that it's different. God doesn't care that it's different. He doesn't want it to be the same. But what this did, what this did to the direction of the people who were being led by Moses is it started a cycle of grumbling until they got what they want and only praising until after they saw what they needed to see. It started, it started something that was in motion in this moment. And when you read the text, you see, if you, if you look at it at first glance, you see God made a way, and they gave praise. Hallelujah, that's great. We're so excited. Praise God. I mean, praise God. You know, I mean, like, we're into it. But when you look at the story from the start to the finish, you realize this is what messed them up. It's like this was the hole that then they never wanted to get out of. I'm not going to say they couldn't get out of it. I'm not going to say God wouldn't bring them up out of it like like he brought Joseph out of the pit. But it was the hole they never wanted to get out of because they couldn't praise on the right side. What does that look like in your life? What does that look like in your family, in your job? What does that look like in your mind? What does that look like when you're in your car by yourself? When I'm in my car by myself, you're better off not rolling up next to me. Because I'm packing heat. It's the Holy Ghost. You get in, you're like, man, Pastor Max got the heater on. I'm like, no, no, there's just a lot of hot air coming out. And I don't need no radio station or Spotify or none of that to help me do it. It's not anger, it's praise. What do you do that helps you praise on the right side of the Red Sea?